Today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work, we are talking about leadership, my absolute favorite subject. I'm right behind you. You're with me, sister. No, I'm right behind you. You're leading the way. <laughs> it's going to be great. Welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Kirsten Barron. And I'm Karina Hoyer. And we are delighted to have you today. I am delighted to be following Karina Hoyer on leadership. <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. But before we do that, we are recording from the land of the Lummi and Nooksack people. Um, and it is a dark, dark land. <laughs> It's a dark, I dark land. I you to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're looking for ease, meaning, and joy mm-hmm. at work. Mm-hmm. And it's tough because it's a dark, dark land. It is dark. For those of you who don't live in the northern part of the world. The sun- northern hemisphere. <laughs> the northern part of the northern hemisphere. Sunset is literally like at 4.15 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So so you start to get a little... Like it's jitter- dark it's at 3.30. Yeah, it's dusky. At th- I got out of a meeting just the other day and I was like, well, it's 3.30. I think it's time for bed. <laughs> it's so dark. I, I It makes me drink earlier. Oh, I know. Right? Like I want that cocktail when it starts getting dark. And well, you know, sometimes that starts <laughs> about three and that's not a great yeah, idea. Yeah, if it's a rainy day, it never gets light no. enough to stop drinking. It never gets rolling. light enough. It is funny, though. I have started, like, you know this, trying everything I can to build in winter winter rituals yes. around and you know, I light. love rituals. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And um, heat and light. So outdoor lights, um warm baths mm-hmm. sauna mm-hmm. yes i have a sauna you you know those kinds of things where it's just like you got to turn winter on yes. its head. candles candles i find a lot of candles are necessary a hot tea hot baths and cozy bed mm-hmm. really thick socks <laughs> i mean i could just go on and on not me i'm still in my shorts but i know you're still in your shorts sweating <laughs> and i'm over here in my wool and my thick socks. As you as you do. Yes. Um, but I've also started like turning on bright lights in my house. Like I'm literally trying to oh my create gosh. all of this. I'm not my house is kind of dark and in general and I like it yes. the cozy. Mine is too. Not I've I decided. have had to say to my husband, I need these lights on because I'm gonna be sucked into a black hole <laughs> yeah. if you turn them off. Yeah. Do exactly. not turn the lights off. Because yeah. he's like Mr. Energy Saver, right? Like he wants to turn all the lights off. He wants us to have one bulb burning <laughs> and i'm like dude if you touch that i'm gonna punch you in the face oh i know i've seen him he follows after me at your he house does. and turns lights i off. know i'm like stop it you're making me crazy <laughs> it's funny though because i think about like it's winter i think that so much of the world lives in this situation surely you understand and can empathize with us and i th- find it ironic that here we are in december with all of these holidays across the world not just christmas and hanukkah that i think are designed christmas for and people. hanukkah and kwanzaa and the solstice and, and remember a couple of years ago we did that big list of like there's something every day yeah yeah it's probably it's cuz we need to like we need some distraction we need something <laughs> to lift our souls out of the dark. Or some reason to start drinking early. Mm-hmm. One of the two. It says feel better. One um, of the two. Yeah. Anyway, so I am so flipping excited to talk about this episode on leadership. Thank you so much for doing this. Of course. And here's what I want to ask you. I want you to actually, I want to ask you for our listeners, why 
why this, why so much energy, why so much engagement, why so much focus on this topic of leadership? Like you have been super jazzed to do this and you touch into this a lot uh-huh. in all of our work. Yeah. yeah. But particular today, you're cranked up. I'm cr- <laughs> well, you know me, I was cranked up to talk about leadership because I'm thoroughly convinced it makes or breaks people's experiences mm-hmm. more so than anything else. Who is in a leadership role at your business, at your organization, et cetera, and how they lead or don't lead com- significantly impacts you. And, and, and whether I, you have ease, meaning, and joy. And whether you have ease, meaning, and joy. And I also- We can do a lot internally, right? Yep. But there is this, and I love, I mean, I just love your focus on this, that the single most like impactful thing happening in the workplace is the leadership. Yeah. It's leadership. It is leadership. And, and so many people fall into it. For this episode, I was looking at like, there's a lot of debate about whether leaders are made or born. Ooh. And I read all kinds of stuff, but you know, rough people can kind of agree that. So you surprised me with this. I know. I was not ready for this. I just in here with um, new information for you. I think that the jury is out obviously, but there's a lot of consensus around, um, a very short, very small number of people are natural born leaders. Almost everybody learns it. And if you're, if you live an examined life, Mm. if you're open, if you're self-aware, if you're tuned in to what your job is, um, this is all learnable for most people. I will say, I feel like I am a natural born leader. We were joking in my kitchen, um, with my kids. I said, most people have to like rev it up me. I've had to tamp it down. Yeah. Um, but that was, you say, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I get that. That's your experience, which, you know, yes. And yes. And no, yeah, no, you don't have to tamp it down, but I do understand that has been your experience at times. Yeah. 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 So anyway, like I said, I'm cranked up about it because I think it's so important. And then, and then I've came across that statistic I shared with you, uh, January, 2023, we hit a milestone. Mm-hmm. We hit a major milestone for yes, women leaders. Did. Do you want to say I'll it? I'll say it. It's like there's this great suspense, <laughs> leader, blah, 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 like whatever that is, the drum roll. As of January of 2023, for the very first time in Fortune 568 year history, mm-hmm. more than 10% of Fortune 500 companies are led by women. In fact, there were five new women CEOs mm-hmm. of Fortune 500 companies, which pushed us to 53 Yeah, over the long-awaited tally to get us to 10%. To 10%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild that that's, that that's we're celebrating? I we're mean, celebrating it is we're celebrating 10%. We're celebrating, yeah, we're celebrating 10%. Jeez, yeah, I didn't think about that. I was like, ooh, 10%. I know. Yeah, and it is interesting that we're celebrating 10% in Fortune 500 companies when other industries actually do have a higher percentage of women leaders. Um, I uncovered some information that like 31% of women in the fight, 31% of leaders in the finance industry are women. 26% of leaders in healthcare are women. Retail has about 25%. And um, industrial tech energy and also the service industry all have a little bit more than 20% of their leaders as women. So we are making progress. Not enough. Not, and it's interesting that kind of that upper echelon of Fortune 500, it's half or a third. Yeah. 
which yeah. is like that's the those are the top jobs. Yep. Right. Those are the top jobs. Yeah. Absolutely. So this these numbers tell us we're getting we're getting there. Yeah. Right. It's good. It's good data today to make more progress tomorrow. Yeah. And go ahead. OK, I was going to say before we launch into this leadership thing, a thing. <laughs> What's that about thing? Where did that come just, from? You're just pulling words. You're just, you're I, just speaking <laughs> words. Before we launch into kind of some of the studies and the research that we did, I would like you to talk a little bit about the difference between a leader and a manager. Yeah, I will. I do have a question for you because I'm coming out of left field a lot in this episode. What's your experience with leadership? I mean, in your industry, you've been in business for yourself for so long. Mm -hmm. Have you had people you've caught, you've considered leaders that you can remember or think about? And can you think of good ones? It's interesting. I can think of one, you know, lawyers are terrible leaders. Mm. We're terrible leaders, right? Um, we are really independent. We're skeptical. I mean, I've talked about this before. Yeah. We tend to be pretty self-focused and client-focused. And so it's rare to find a really good leader in a law firm. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's interesting. I can think of one leader that I worked with uh, when I was first a lawyer. His name was Ken Chadwick. Hmm. And unconventional, but absolutely a leader. And when I think about all the stuff we're going to talk about in this episode, he exemplified that. Mm -hmm. He had those qualities. Um, I believe that some of the leaders that I've met, there's like a couple in larger law firms. And I think, oh, that's Fred Rivera at Perkins Coie, hmm. who is also now the general manager of the Mariners. Oh, um, I feel like he is an amazing leader. Okay. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with him because I, he wasn't leading me, but just what I have observed over the decades that I've known of him and watched him. But the law is not right with you know rife yes the law is not rife with great leadership which is why this topic is so interesting to yeah, me yeah it's not something that i have delved deep in in my my career mm -hmm. and i think this is the whole notion of our leaders made or born you know i think that leaders are made when they are when they are working in the conditions that allow them to learn and do this job well and i think so many people get promoted into leadership positions because they're good um operationally and they have good they have a good um, grasp of whatever it is the industry is and they don't realize that as you kind of ascend into that leadership role your job is completely different mm -hmm. and it is certainly not to be a manager which I get a lot of questions about that what's the difference between a leader and a manager and so um I think when, like I said, when we are in the kind of middle management or manager role, we're focusing so much more on day to day and implementation and solving the problems and managing risk and doing sort of those transactional or those tasks. I, I think about checklists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I think about management is thinking week by week, month by month, and leaders are thinking years and decades mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. And I found a great list of kind of the difference between uh, the way leaders and managers think so, or should be thinking about their work. Like, you know, leaders inspire and guide people 
and managers focus on tasks. So leaders are focused on inspiration and aspiration. Managers are focusing on making sure that the day-to-day is happening. Leaders also, this is funny, somebody else wrote this, rely on personal influence while managers have formal authority. And I had to think about that Mm -hmm. one a little bit. But if you think about that, a leader has charisma. Barry said recently, I was on a job, he was on a job site, and there was a man who walked out and just started talking to him, just like anybody else was. And he said, he like, that's the guy in charge. He just had a different air about him. He had that personal influence, that charisma. That does that- not mean that leaders don't have formal authority. No, no, it no. It no. means they also have this personal influence, this charisma, this attraction, this engagement, this energy that people are, that people want to follow. Yeah. In fact, I recently had a class shoot across my LinkedIn profile or something like, do you want to register for this? And it was like a nine week course on executive presence. Wow. And that's exactly what it is. It's literally kind of how you show up is different for leaders and managers. Also, leaders tend to embrace risk and see it as an opportunity and managers, you know, manage risk. Mm -hmm. I thought I like this too. Leaders are transformational. They make change. They're change agents. Managers tend to be transactional. Um, and I think, you know, the, the last one that really resonated with me was this, that fact that leaders are visionary. Like I said, they're thinking mm-hmm. longer term. They're thinking years and decades ahead. And managers are operationally focused. How are we going to take that vision and put it into operation on the day to day? Now, a lot of people get stuck at management. A lot of people just stay there who are in top positions in businesses and companies. And, and you know, I know when I walk in the door, they're missing that secret sauce. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, and years of our decades of research also point to this, point to those very things. That's what people want in their leader. I feel like I'm talking forever. I love it. I'm just going on here. Go, I love it. Okay, well, the last thing I will say is that um, I found good supporting evidence of that exact thing, that what that what people want from their leaders is unique. And it's exactly what I just described um, from that book. I know I've referenced it a million times, Nine Lies About Work by um, Ashley Goodall and Marcus Buckingham. And I just want to read one quote that I have repeated to so many people that I coach. This is what they say in their book. What more than two decades of research into teams and their leaders has, has to tell us is this. What distinguishes the best team leaders from the rest is their ability to meet these two categories of needs for the people on their teams, the we and the I. Mm. Leaders focus on who are we all together and who are you individually. So they go on to say, what we as team members want from you, our leader, is first that you make us feel like part of something bigger, that you show us how what we're doing together is important and meaningful. Again, that vision. And you challenge us in a way that recognizes who we are as individuals. We ask you to give us this sense of universality, all of us together, and at the same time to recognize our own uniqueness, to magnify what we share, and to lift up what is special about each of us. And every time I read that, I get chills because it's not know the product line inside and out. Right. It's not... um, micromanage every detail of your business it's not um you know make sure that you enter you're part of the interview process for every single person who comes through your organization it's all about being 
something that nobody else can be mm-hmm. in your business. Okay, I feel like I'm just proselytizing no, yet again. I just think I love the, the part of that quotation that I love is the we and the I. Yeah. It's such a short little succinct phrase, the we and the I. What are we doing together that's different and meaningful? And I, how do you see me? Yeah. Right? How do you see me? Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. I just I think that little phrase that those two say is so great. Yes. Thank you. And. And it's not, there's no smoke and mirrors here. No, there is no smoke and mirrors. There's no magic. No. It's not somebody that's born to be, you know, um, whatever, you know, homecoming king or queen or Miss, 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 what is it? Congeniality. Thank you. It's like Miss (laughs) Charismatology. Miss Krasnowski, where did that come from? I have from? no idea, but I'm going to use that word later. But no, yeah, the miscongeniality. Yeah, this these are like being able to identify what it is that you're doing at your workplace that is meaningful and important. Yep. And being able to see people. I mean, it's just like in some ways so very simple. Yeah. yeah. It's so very simple. And yet so hard for so many people to do and also to conceptualize. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I really want to talk uh, um, with you about so what does that mean like on the ground what do great leaders actually do how do they make this happen so you have kind of been I mean you really have Karina been thinking about this for decades yeah so if you have to boil it down to a set of I don't know things that leaders do yeah. to get the we and the I yeah what do you think they are? I actually lean really heavily on the research that came out of Project Aristotle. That's that Google yeah, primarily focused on teams. teams. But they really articulated five things that teams need, high-performing, the highest-performing teams um, either needed or had um, universally. Well, had universally. And the more I was thinking about this, I was like, yeah, those guys, they had those things as teams. And I think they were created by the people, yes. the leaders. Yes. And we now, t- would you say that's consistent in your, in your consulting, your own leadership work and in your consulting work? Yes. Would you say that this is, this has shown itself to be true in your personal experience? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting too, because as somebody who kind of ascended into a leadership position relatively early in my career and sort of looked around and thought, what the hell am I doing here? Mm. I didn't give it much weight. And I think a lot of people also don't, don't, they just feel like, Oh yeah, I'm in this role and we use air quotes. I'm the boss or, or I'm in charge or whatever. And you don't take it seriously. And, um, in my consulting, I'd say. Or it depends on what parts you take seriously. Okay, yeah. Fair That's enough. what I would say. When I think about my clients who are leaders, mm-hmm. I think about some leaders who it just depends on what parts they're taking seriously. And some leaders that I work with do not take these these things we're talking about seriously. Mm-hmm. They're not part of their repertoire. Yeah. And I think great leaders really take all five of these things seriously. Um, which obviously we're going to talk about, but they all roll up to, you know, leaders recognize their their place in the organization and they act accordingly. They create, here's the first one, psychological safety for their teams. You know, you don't talk smack about somebody behind their back. You don't publicly shame people. You model 
acceptance. You model kindness. You model holistic sort right. of approaches. Possibility. Like there's so much room here for so many possibilities. Bring your ideas, bring your uniqueness, bring your characteristics, bring everything. That's right. right? We don't drill down. Yes. So cre- when le- great leaders create a sense of psychological safety. I have a, there's sometimes when somebody will say something that causes me to I'll use the word react, whatever that is, get defensive, be irritated, mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. And I really think to myself, this is my feeling. This is my reaction. And it doesn't actually have a place in this arena, in this environment, in this meeting mm-hmm. at this time, mm-hmm. because it is really not about my reaction. So it's interesting that I f- catch myself saying, oh, no, I don't want to have this. I don't want to express this reaction because I'm trying to create psychological safety here. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting to when I think of all the times when I have this some weird, weird ass reaction. And I'm like, KB, back it off. You have to control it. Yep. Back Great. it off. Leaders know that that what they say matters. One of my clients actually recently, he, he's making it he's making a joke now. He's like, what I say matters, what we say matters. And like not joke, like it's not. But it, it's such a mantra now. Mm-hmm. What you say, how you behave matters when you're a leader. It matters all the time. It matters. A whisper is a yell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? No, that's it. Um, okay. Let's, I think the other uh, things that great leaders do is they model dependability. You really have to be able to trust. If, if your leader's not dependable, if you are not dependable as a leader, if you make false promises or don't follow through or you think. That is the thing. You have to do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Right. You've got to do what you say. I mean, I have people all the time that put these when I help clients with handbooks, employee handbooks, and they have this big section about employee reviews and raises. And I say to them, are you actually going to do this? Because we're not going to put this in here unless you're really going to do it. You have to be. Yes, you have got to to do what you say you're going to do. Got to be dependable. You also have to provide structure and clarity. Leaders Great leaders provide clear expectations and guidelines and and benchmarks. I remember my very first leadership, professional leadership role, and I was like, I don't know. Here's all the work. You guys decide how you're going to divvy it up. And one of my staff people came to me and said, we want you to write our schedules for us. We want you to provide us with that structure and clarity. Tell us what our work is. And I remember that was a huge aha moment for me. I was like, I thought I was being a great you know, right. Empowering. Empower, just like, mm-hmm. how about it? I don't really care. And they're like, no, you should care. And it helps us know what our job is and whether we're doing a good job. Um, I think great leaders also shine a spotlight on meaning. They really help people understand how their work is meaningful and how it rolls up into this like greater good. And I think that's what the Ashley and Buckingham, Marcus and Ashley or Buckingham and Goodall quote was like, mm-hmm. That's the we. You, you help me understand how the I and the we fit together. Um, and then I think, you know, finally, great leaders illustrate impact. They just, they find ways to celebrate people. They're, they're generous with their compliments. They're, they help people see tangible outcomes um, of their work. And they define what we're working toward. And that's, I think, <clears throat> that I think is the me. 
yeah. right? That is where the, a lot of the me comes in is that was a really good way to solve that problem. I see that, or that's a great idea. Or, I never thought about that. Thanks for bringing that up. Yep. You know, all of those things where we recognize people's individual work. Yep. And I think sometimes we can really even celebrate some type of success. Like we have that at the law firm quite a bit, like something will happen and we will stop and say, Hey, we were able to do this for this client or get this client, this or that. And it really does focus on why it is we do what we do. Yes. So even in a small organization, like our law firm, these things are happening in our community. Yeah. Not just for me. No, but it, and even great leaders allow for other people mm. to see that impact. You know, and I think just, again, thinking about all of this, the research, the kind of characteristics and traits, the things that great leaders do. When you and I were talking about this earlier, you had an aha. And I just love it. Remember, you, you, you always do I this. I have had several you ahas at, on this one. I'm like, which one? You looked at you. You looked at me like it's just about how all of those things I just described. Yeah. Very naturally, very naturally, oh, yeah. not fall to tend to women. Women very naturally tend to embody all of them. certainly our stereotypes, mm -hmm. certainly societally, like how how society's pressure is on us. Mm -hmm. These are the things that are expected of us as women, mm -hmm. right? We are expected to be all of these things. Mm -hmm. We are expected to create psychological safety, to care for people and their feelings. We're expected to, you know, be reliable, that we take care of people and do what we say we're going to do so that people can trust us. And yep. all of those as, as we raise our children or take care of people or do whatever it is. Yeah. So all of these things are so very feminine mm -hmm. so very feminine and so very counter to the leadership you know traits that we were of our generation and well older. As, as i said when you asked me who the leaders i can think of they're two, two men they are men and i have only had really one female boss in my entire career mm. for a very short time mm. and i don't think she really wanted to be in that position yeah. So I, in my lifetime, like, and I, when I think back to those two leaders that I've observed, they do have female characteristics. Right. And yet we, as women have been told all along, be more like a man. If yeah. you want to succeed in this world, be more like a man, mm -hmm. be more direct, be more um, aggressive, aggressive, take be more, more assertive, space. take charge. Yeah. And, and back to what you brought up, I don't know, a couple episodes ago, we're seeing this leading with love is kind of a thing now. Yeah. And, and, and data and research backs it up that this is what people want. And this is what people value. In fact, there's a shitload of science, as you will help us um, understand, that backs the fact that in, women are actually really flipping good at this. Very. And it's maybe not just because of society. There's even just some of the ways our brains are wired, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that. I mean, it's it, the, the studies and the data on this aspect are very interesting. So as you can imagine, there's a lot out there on women in leadership, because every time, many times, I should say, when we have a disparity, mm -hmm. right, we say, well, why is that? How is this working? What is going on? And so I think this topic has attracted a lot of attention. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Yeah. So there are study after study after study about women making better leaders. 
and being more transformational. Yeah. So I want you to talk just a minute about what 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 does this word transformational leadership really mean? I have an idea, but I'd like you to talk about it for listeners. I feel like I've been hogging the microphone, though, honestly. This so I'm just going to apologize, listeners. This is the point. But I, I, this is what I do, right? This is what I do. I'm sitting shoulder to this shoulder with people and going, come on. It, all you have to do is like craft a vision statement and write some rules. People are going to be stoked. It's and not, love on them. And lo- yeah, and, and love them up. Um, but no, I think transformational leaders are really just people who who can trans. They have the power to transform an organization. They have the power to transform people's experience. They have the power to transform, in a lot of cases, the way the business the a business's success. And w- turns out, women um, are more transformational leaders than men. Doctor. Dr. Alice Eagley. Eagley, yeah, she says. Who she, focuses really uh, almost entirely on women's leadership. Yeah, she defines. That is her area of focus. She defined transformational leaders are those that seek to develop others and listen more effectively, in addition to generally thinking more outside of the box than their male ca- counterparts. So she she sort of defines it as people who are able to bring a unique perspective, who can solve problems in more creative ways. It and sounds like change too. Yeah. Change. Agents. I feel like the ability to change is a big component of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So one of my favorite things that I read in preparing for this episode was this 2020 meta analysis, which we know is a, as an analysis is a review of all of the stuff, many of the studies out there. Yeah. They like get the metadata, they pull it together, they analyze it, they summarize it. And Eagley did this for, and this is super interesting. So this study that she conducted took data from 16 different public opinion polls of over 30,000 adults in the United States Mm -hmm. From the years of 1946 to 2018. And what her, what she was doing was she was looking at the research and looking at three types of traits. Okay. Mm-hmm. Communion, compassion and sensitivity, agency, yep. ambition and aggression, competency, intelligence, creativity, etc. And whether the participants in these studies what they thought about each of these traits for women and for men. Mm -hmm. And what I just love, which is so expected, but still so kind of gratifying, is um, that our view of these stereotypes, our competency, our our stereotypes around competency Mm -hmm. has changed dramatically in those, what, 60 years, Yeah. right? Okay, so for example, 1946, Only 35% of those surveyed thought that men and women were equally intelligent. And of course, those that thought there was a difference thought that men were the more competent or the more intelligent sex. That's 1946. In contrast, okay, 2018, 86%. Okay, that is like, it's not tripled, but it's more than doubled. Yeah. Believe that men and women are equally intelligent which is like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. 86% believe that men and women are equally intelligent. Um, 9% believed that women were more into- intelligent. 5% believed that men were more intelligent. Yeah. So for those people who believe that there's a difference, 
actually more of them believe that women are more intelligent, which is very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She does. It's interesting to me that I love that we can see that that trend. And I love that the I love the way that the numbers start to, Mm -hmm. you know, change, obviously, over time. But I also love that she was looking not just at intelligence and creativity. She was also looping in some of these other things like compassion. Yeah, that's the communion piece. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and sensitivity, et cetera. And I love that because it is it encompasses all of the things that I believe make up a good leader, Mm -hmm. as I have now spent Mm -hmm. the last 20 minutes articulating. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just love it that that this is such a great I mean, we just talked about at the very beginning. We were over 10 percent of women in leadership positions in the Fortune 500. And this little, you know, piece of data tells us that things are changing over time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and significantly, Mm -hmm. significantly. Yeah. One of the things I absolutely loved, I have to jump in here with another statistic, is that the mere presence of a female leader led to um, people led people to believe they would be treated more fairly in their business i found i found that so fascinating yeah what was it um it was a 2022 study led by um social psychologist mancy joshi and um she her her conclusion was that female leaders cued organizational trust in both male and female dominant industries when they occupied different levels of the organizational hierarchy people truly believed they would be treated more fairly if they're women in leadership roles yeah shabam shabam so cool it that is so cool and that to me is the surprise yeah because i've heard so many like i don't I, the worst boss i ever had was a woman and also like why is it which is back to that. Sorry, that episode we are we just concluded, right? That bitch yes. your best friend mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. So that stereotype of a stiletto in the back actually is not. People a, think they're going to be treated more fairly, which is fascinating to me. That is a surprise to me. Yeah, that is. I mean, some of these other things, I'm like, oh, that makes sense to me. That makes sense. I understand that. I feel that intuitively. The fairness thing was a surprise to yeah, me. Yeah, me too. Well, oh, sorry though, I interrupted you. No, what no else I liked it. Say? I liked it. Um, <laughs> No, no, no. This is all great stuff. Um, what I, I was also going to talk about another study in 2010 by psychologist Anita Woolley. Um, she, her research concluded that when you had the more women you had on a team, mm-hmm. the more likely it was that there would be greater like turn taking in conversation and allowing more people to participate, which led to really taking advantage of the knowledge and the skills of the group. Yeah. So the more women you had on the team, the more likely you were to be able to kind of mine that team for the best solutions, the best ideas, the best feedback, taking advantage of folks' skills. Mm-hmm. So I found that very interesting too. Yeah. I love that this is all just the mere presence. The mere presence. That your mere presence, dear sisters, creates these conditions for people. That's pretty freaking cool. It's very powerful. Um, okay, finally, I can't, I think there's this, not finally, because as- Because I'm, we have more. And I'm going to talk about this forever. But this um, last statistic about um, mitigating deep-rooted stereotypes, you got to talk about Okay, that. so this is, a this is, I don't know why she says I have to talk about this one, but I did really like this. And so what they did was they looked at the documents that like- 
S&P 500, like publicly traded organizations produce their shareholder documents and they analyzed the language in their shareholder documents. So these are annual reports and proxy statements and, you know, just information that comes from a publicly traded company to its shareholders. And what they found is that for female led organizations the language in those shareholder communications was less rife with with um patriarchal bias exactly <laughs> thank you gender stereotypes yeah. right yeah. the language was more inclusive yeah the language was not as like structurally male yeah right just having a ceo who is a woman changed the way these organizations were communicating with their shareholders. So I think we know this, but putting women in positions of leadership is not an end game. It is transformational in itself. Exactly. Yes. And it creates, it helps create this workplace that we want. Yeah. And I think that's what Eagley's saying. She's saying women are transformational leaders. They, and not just because of what they do and who they are, but you know, they're pr- also because of their mere presence. That to me is the surprising part about this whole episode. That, that was new learning for me too. Yeah. That was totally new learning for me. Just the mere presence. The mere presence. Um, there's been some <clears throat> other great research about why women make such great leaders, especially the way that our brain works. Um, and I was fascinated by this. I'm not even sure it fits in this episode, but we have to mention it because it's crazy. It's a very interesting piece of data. Yeah, a study by the University of Southern California found that like under normal circumstances, men and women tend to make decisions pretty much similarly. But under stress, men tend to have way more riskier behavior, more reactivity, more reactivity, their decisions. This is specifically just around short term stress. Yeah. So this is experiencing short term stress and how decisions are made during periods of short term stress. Yeah. And the men made way riskier and potentially costly and negative decisions under short-term stress. And their decisions were more driven by that fight or flight response. And there is some thought in this study that the presence of oxytocin mitigates those stress hormones and allows us to calm women to calm down, to be calmer, to be calmer. And this is just this very, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, we (laughs) talked about the differences or the non-differences between the male and female brain, but this was a really interesting study about short-term stress in that really limited circumstance. Yeah. And the impact of, I think that cortisol spike and how our brains kind of handle it differently. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I can only illustrate this with a story. It's the, I got, I live with three men now, right? Two, two nearly grown, well, a husband and two sons who are almost <laughs> I wasn't sure grown. who you were going to include in the near and <laughs> in the nearly grown. I was like, who's she going to include here? One young adult and one almost adult and a husband. <laughs> and these guys, literally they're standing. I, I can't tell you how many times a day they can't find something that's right in front of them. And I think it's because they get immediately stressed. Where's the hot sauce in the fridge? Where's the hot sauce in the fridge? And then they get this, this like a cortisol, and they can't. They and just, their lid flips. They're, they're lid flips, and they, they flips. can't take. They a deep can't breath. take a deep breath and calm down. And take then, a deep breath and, and find and the hot sauce. Find the hot, or whatever it is you lost this hour. And I think it's so funny because like that, 
that's one of those things that's almost universally that that experience of how can mom find something that's right in front of me so many of us so share i never thought about and that and i think it's like th- there's just like a panic an immediate panic that i see men in my life at least lean into imme- you know and i'm like um just think there. about logically yeah it's right there right it's just anyway and i think that is hilarious now it's because my brain is like it's hilarious I and got it's this. also supported by science it's supported by science but i think you know just in wrapping up this episode i want to say something that repeat something i said at the beginning which is who is in a leadership the leadership role or roles in your business or organization how they behave how much they tend to the actual work of leadership versus the management tasks mm-hmm. that feel so very familiar to so many of us. Because most of us are doing both, frankly. Because most of us are doing most both. Most of the people in the in our workplaces are both leading and managing. Mm-hmm. There's very few people who are just, just leading. leading. But the degree to which they tend to those, the work of being a leader, do the live the examined life, understand their impact, act accordingly. All of that makes or breaks our experiences on the job. And I just find it, again, so fascinating that women just naturally do this better. But it doesn't mean that men can't do it, too. Well, so Women's Economic Forum reported the top skills needed for successful leadership, emotional intelligence, empathy, listening, coaching, mentoring, innovation, creativity. And we have seen above And this is acknowledged by the Women's Economic Forum. Women tend to do this better. And so here's what I want to do now. I want to say we have had this idea of leadership and it has been male focused because of the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. Right. You got what you got and you were told it was good. Yep. Right. There wasn't there was not a question about what you got. This is the way it's done. Well, turns out that's not the way it's done. The way it's done really is a whole other set of things. It's not about assertiveness and aggressiveness and, you know, whatever. The it, buck stops here and the big decision. Right. And the right. Take and I will space. tell you what to do and you will do what I say. And we're really clear about reporting authority. No, it's all these other skills. It's it's empathy. Right. It's I see who you are as a human. I see how you contribute. And when I think back, like to the to the Ken Chadwick, my first kind of real boss, mm-hmm. you know, he would if I ever said you have you have female traits, he'd be like, rah, 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 rah. but he did. Yeah. Right. But he did. And this really is a call to not just women, but to men and everybody yeah. that these are the things that we as humans need to thrive mm-hmm. in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And you said something that I want to just touch on again because I think it's so important. You know, I am a lawyer and I my job is to be a lawyer at work. Mm-hmm. That's my job. Mm-hmm. It is to take care of those projects, those clients, build that, build that, do that, do that, do that. And so it's really important for people who do what I do, whose job really isn't leadership, but are in a leadership role mm-hmm. to take the time to recognize oh, yeah, I might be, you know, drafting agreements or solving disputes or whatever I'm doing, but I'm also leading people. Mm-hmm. And I lead with two other partners. Yeah. So just because I'm not the only leader doesn't mean that I don't also lead. 
Right. So I just this is one of those things where I say, where are you in your workplace? Mm -hmm. What is your work and how is it that you're that you are contributing to these things that we need so very much in the workplace? Yeah. So this is kind of a call to men. Giddy up and figure this stuff out. Yeah. Get after it. Get on your empathy or step aside because we're ready. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye, folks. Happy holidays. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 